0: you have a Bible? Turn to Ephesians chapter 5 if you would. Kid Fest begins tomorrow. Very cool. Sherry was telling me there's like, what is that, almost 400 kids signed up, and that's like the most we've ever had right at this point in time, and... There's 220 workers, I think she said, all the name tags out there. Anyway, you know, just sweet. So we'll have a prayer um, before we dismiss. Just asking God to use you this week. What an incredible time. This place is just filled. I was looking at this backdrop. This is pretty cool, too. Isn't it? And they did, a... did you notice the two suns, however? Am I the only people? It, person? It's like on another planet. Yeah. No, no, it's actually, I think it's sun coming up and sun going down. We, I don't, anyway, you have to come to find out. We're going to read together um, Ephesians chapter 5, begin with verse 21, and I want you to find that in your Bible, I really want you to follow along in your own Bible. Um, it's important that we submit, bring ourselves under the Word of God, particularly... Today, every day of course, but particularly today because we're now moving into a place in the Word of God where we struggle with this and the world struggles with it. And the world will actually um, say we're a little nutty for submitting to this place in the Word of God. So, And I I just want to say how critically important this passage of the Scripture is. We've decided that we're going to... Instead of just preaching quickly through this, we're going to spend probably three Sundays talking particularly about this relationship between husband and wife and marriages. So this is the first. We're just going to touch on it, um, the role of the wife this morning. But I I wanted to point out to you that my purpose this morning is to try to make sure that we as the people of God understand the foundational principle upon which Paul, I believe, is operating before he begins telling us how to live and how to act and how to follow Christ. And that foundational principle is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. So have you found this place in the Word of God? Would you stand to your feet with me and let's read together. You can follow along in your Bible. We begin with Ephesians 5, verse 21, where Paul writes, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly, as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good He does, whether He is slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that He who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with Him." Father, we ask now that you would fill us with your spirit, like it says here in verse 18. It would be filled with the spirit and that we might respond to you in the way you want. We acknowledge that this is the word of God. And we bring ourselves under the word, under your authority. And we ask you to teach us. We pray that you will find in us a submissive heart to what you say to us. And I pray, Father, I ask, I know Matt is asking and all of us are asking, Father, will you use these weeks to help us become more and more like Christ in our deepest and closest relationships? We ask this for the glory of God and our joy. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So we've learned in Ephesians that God has called us by his grace to a new kind of life. We're new creations in Christ that God is, is creating a new humanity. And, and the point of that, one of the points of that, of course, the great reality is, is that this is a spiritual thing that God has done for us and that there are great blessings. The first three chapters of Ephesians are really about Paul just enumerating the great blessings that God has given to us in Christ. And then in chapters 4, 5, and 6, he begins to get really practical. Now, because you have a new life in Christ, because you're no longer your own, because you have been bought with a price, so live a life worthy of the calling you've been called to. Be careful how you live, Paul's been saying to us. Live a life of love. Live as children of light. He's been in reinforcing again and again and again to us. Because you are new, live like you're new. And you can now because of what God has done for you in Christ and because of what God continues to do for you by the filling of the Holy Spirit. So I draw your attention back again to chapter 5 and verse 18, which is what the scholars call, the Greek scholars call the imperative, where he says, be filled with the Spirit. That this is the pattern of normal Christianity. It is not some weird, strange thing that's only for some people. It is for every single one of us to be filled with the Spirit. It's not an odd experience. It's not a difficult thing. It's What it is is simply bringing ourselves under, submitting to the Spirit of God and asking the Spirit of God now in this moment to fill us and use us for His glory. It's a, it's a constant kind of thing where we we simply keep talking to God in normal A normal life, a normal relationship. It's good to have devotions and time of prayer and time of reading the Bible. But what God wants of us also is a constant communication with Him where we're simply continually talking to Him and asking Him to fill us with His Spirit. So the imperative then is be filled with the Spirit. And then we come down to verse 21 where He says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That this is one of the results of being filled with the Spirit... And verse 21, if you look at your Bible, it serves as, co- as a connecting verse to what is coming after. Beginning with verse 22 and on through the end of the chapter and on into chapter 6. Paul there begins to talk about wives and husbands. He talks about children and parents. And he talks about slaves and masters. And, and we can use a slave and master analogy to talk about employment, about employers and employees. So now Paul's going to get real nitty-gritty with us. He's going to say, look now, here's what the new life looks like. And here are the roles that you've been called to and the responsibilities that you've been called to. And every single one of us know this is a minefield, right? And so I want to tell you there's no way that I or Matt or anybody else is going to be able to stand here and answer all the questions and all the circumstances and situations about marriage and about the proper relationship between husband and wife and children and parents. What we can do is try to elaborate what the Word of God says, and then we're depending upon you to be filled with the Spirit and to seek help and ask questions that... That you might want to ask. So I want to say up front that if you have a question about what I'm saying to you today, or what we talk about in the next few weeks, in some kind of practical way, I want to invite you to talk to us, to share a question, send us an email, or talk to us. Particularly if there's something that you think is, that we haven't done justice to the Word of God, or that we're unbalanced in what we're trying to say, because this is crucial for us. This morning my intent and my desire is for you as much as you possibly can for you to accept this command from the Word of God to be filled with the Spirit and to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. God calls you to be filled with the Spirit and He calls you and me as a life principle of being filled with the Spirit to be a submissive person. So now I want to ask you, to think with me about submission. Before we talk about the role of the wife or the role of the husband or the role of the children or the role of the slave, I want to ask you to deal with this verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence to, for Christ. Be a submissive person. So how are you doing in that? What would people who are closest to you say about you? Are, do you have a submissive heart? Are you a submissive person in the way that God wants you to be submissive? Not the way the world wants you to be submissive, but the way that God calls you to be submissive. So I put in your notes just some statements that I hope will help guide our thinking. One of the first is that spirit-filled, submissive hearts lead to right relationships. That that is what Paul is saying, is that be filled with the Spirit and submit, that spirit-filled, submissive hearts lead to right relationships. And And the most beautiful thing in the world is right relationships. Apart from Christ and what He's done for us, He gives us this incredible gift of relationships. And we want them to be good relationships. So much of our joy is dependent upon, maybe all of our joy is dependent upon who Christ is and then the relationships that He gives to us with Him and then with each other. Submit is 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 the idea of a voluntary, willing submission or bringing myself under. It literally means to arrange under. It's the idea that there is some kind of authority in my life, and my responsibility is to arrange myself willingly, openly, submissively under that authority. It's about being willing to yield what it is that is my will, and sometimes my objectives, my goals, my preferences, what it is that I want. Now, as soon as you talk about submission, of course, the world goes, you know, I mean, oh, man, submission, you know. And the tendency to just think about the word submission and think in terms of subjugation and dominance and control. And if you do that, then you miss the biblical meaning of submit. So I'm hoping what will happen to you is, is that you will reclaim the biblical idea of what submission is. And that you will see it for how powerful it is and how incredibly wonderful it is if we will become new. If we will allow Christ to teach us what it means to submit. The world says don't submit... Take charge. Assert yourself, right? The the world is full of circumstances and situations where you have to submit, but don't voluntarily submit, right? I mean, you, you you only should submit if you absolutely have to. And if you don't have to, then assert yourself. Take charge. Don't give in to anyone. Which then takes you all the way back to the very beginning of the book and the beginning of the story, back to Genesis 3. This was the problem in the very beginning. When Adam and Eve were there with this incredible relationship with God, a relationship of love and intimacy and closeness and a relationship of submission to the Creator. And the evil one sneaks into the picture and says something along the lines of God's trying to hold you down. He doesn't want you to know everything that you should know. And if you will eat and take of this, then you will become more and more like Him. You will be able to assert your rightful place. And of course they did, and then everything else was totally damaged god created people like that to live in a relationship that is dominated by love and dominated by submission and i hope what you're going to see and that you understand already and will understand even more deeply that love is so related to submission that they are inseparable and that this is what God has called to us, to, us to a relationship of worship, which is, of course, a relationship of submission and a relationship of love, love and worship and submission. I put in your notes, submission is essential for salvation. We could talk about that for a long time. All you have to do is think about what you know about the word of God, that the submission is at the very heart of the gospel that it isn't just believing in our heads some facts about who Jesus is and what he did. It's, it's more than that. It is bringing ourselves into a place of submission to recognize he, that he is Lord of life. It's not simply believing about even about what he did for us on the cross. As much as it is, we are saved by grace through faith. And that faith is a faith that submits. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is... What's the word? Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And, and this confess with your mouth is not simply that I just say some some words and I'm quote in. It, the confess with your mouth is that you say, Jesus is Lord of my life. This is the es- essence of the gospel, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that there is a kingdom, and we are called therefore to submit to the King. And Jesus will later say in, in Luke 9:23, if anybody wants to come after me, he's got to you remember? Deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And when you ponder those words, deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me. Those are submissive words. Those are about words of bringing myself under the lordship of Christ, of of setting aside my self-rule and even some of my self-goals in order to follow one who is a master, one who is the Lord. The Bible teaches us in absolute clarity that salvation is characterized by submission. The whole thing about repentance and belief is about a submissive spirit, about yielding to Christ as Lord, about claiming him as my master. This is about submission. And then once you're saved, the next thing I put in your notes is that submission is essential for growing more like Jesus. If I want to be more and more like Christ, I must look at Jesus and see what kind, what kind of a person was he. What kind of a master was he? What kind of a Lord was he? And when you look at the Gospels, one of the things you discover that this one who is Lord of all, King of all kings, came as a submissive servant. He came, in fact, he said, Luke twenty two twenty seven, 27, I am among you as one who serves. And when you look at his life from the very beginning of his life, that he came as a baby and submitted to his parents. And then he began his ministry and that ministry was a, a life, a ministry of submission I mean, Jesus went around submitting to people, people who were ignorant, who didn't understand, people who were rejecting God, people who were hypocrites, I mean, people who had great needs, physical needs and spiritual needs, people who didn't believe, people people like his disciples who so needed to be trained. And you see Jesus being interrupted constantly, and Jesus constantly submitting himself to the needs of people. He was a submissive servant. And he calls us to be the same. To have the same heart that he had, the same willingness that he had. He calls us to be servants. Now that just rolls off the tongue really easily. But when you think about your life, it's one thing to think about Jesus serving people 2,000 years ago and the the sort of idea of being a servant. We all say, yeah, we need to be a servant. But the problem is, is that we've got these people, right? And we live with them. And there are neighbors and there are people we work with. And so God says, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a theory here. It's these people and this circumstance. And I want you to be submissive and you will become more and more like Christ the more and more you adopt his submissive heart. He is master and servant, which tells you something immediately about what servanthood is and submission, that it is not some kind of lowly, unworthy kind of thing is that you can be a great leader and a great servant. In fact, we often put those words together, a servant leader, and the best kind of leaders are servant leaders. I put in your notes, submission is essential for peace and blessing. If you want your relationships to be right, there must be submission. If there isn't submission, then there's tension and battling. You ever had a problem with anybody in your family unwilling to submit? fun huh right i mean it just destroys the harmony and the peace and the blessing of the home and 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 this whole thing runs against our natural ego and our tendency to want to be in charge of things and we pretend to put conditions on submissive love i'll be submissive up to this place and then don't mess with me beyond that but if we're ever going to have the kind of community, the kind of small groups, in fact, you know this, when you join a small group, you go in and you sit down in somebody's home and you, you sense immediately, now i am come to the place of, be, of submitting to all these people. And they must submit to me. And, and now we are trying to figure out this dance of figuring out how to submit to one another and, and, and do the things that God has called us to do. Relationship and community, all these things require submission. Frankly, I don't like to submit very much. Because I kind of like to have my own way. Yeah? I often get up in the morning and I have stuff I want to do. And then people. Mm-hmm. right? And so you've got to decide. I don't like to submit to authority sometimes. I don't like people telling me how fast I can drive. I can drive faster than 55 and be safe. Come on. Right? I mean, there's all kinds of things. I just kind of don't like this. Submitting to the needs of other people. You ever get tired of that? Be honest. Yeah, you do. But submission is God's design for us to live. It's His design. He's transforming us. And He so often uses relationships. You see, God has set us apart and called us to be a different kind of people. We've talked about being a new creation, a new humanity, different from the world. We're not different from the world because we're smarter. We're certainly not. We're not different in the world because we look different. We have the same kind of needs and problems and challenges that everybody else in the world. But God calls us aside and says, "I want you to be, I want you to be unique people." And that uniqueness is so often about stuff like this. It's about being a submissive person. He says, "I want your relationships not to be ruled by your ego and what it is you want. I want your community not be to be ruled by." You being demanding, I want your home not to be to be ruled by power and dominance I, and he 's training us to be submissive isn 't he? Think back in your life now I think i think you 'll when you realize the places in time, if you could chart your life you, i think you 'll when you look at the times in your life when you grew the most, when you were like i don 't know you just were you grew faster and you And you had an experience with God and you matured. And a lot of times there were very uncomfortable circumstances. Are you with me? And when you look back on them, I I would suggest to you that every single time you were brought to the place of submissiveness. And that God trained you and taught you and matured you in the the atmosphere of submission, of submitting to certain circumstances or certain people. And it is through doing this that you grow. And that's why marriage, we're going to see again and again in the next few weeks, we're going to see that marriage is really the proving ground for all of this to happen, for real discipleship to work. If it doesn't work at home, it doesn't work. Whatever it is we say in church or whatever is we say with other people or in our groups, or and that's why the first thing Paul goes after is wives and husbands. My wife caught a bug the other day, I think Friday, she got this stomach it was really bad. She was up all almost all Friday night, just exhausted, you know. And I go you know, you know, she's just awake, you know, and I talk to her and you know, she said, I didn't hardly sleep at all, you know, and she got up and moved around, you know, and now she's been really sick, you know. She's getting a little bit better, so I'm hoping that she's gonna be better. So I had to take care of her. She's much better at taking care of me than I am at taking care of her. I have realized this again, so I'm hoping she gets better so she can take care of me if I get sick. (laughs) So I've been doing this little thing where I'm trying to like care for her and bring her stuff, but not get too close, right? Like I really love you, but you know. So and and I just I just realized that one more time I'm I'm like protecting myself. In my relationship, and that I'm, I sort of have like certain amount of things that I will submit to. Carolyn, another thing about Carolyn for for several years now, she's been really focused on her father. Her father, you know, her mother died about a year ago, and you know, she's been focused on her father, who is now in in a, a care home, and you know, he's doing doing really really well. God has really blessed us there. But Carolyn, she, she's like the organizer of her family, or her two sisters, and so she. Figures it out. She charts the path and figures out what needs to happen. And She's anticipating deals. She's walked through the pathway with my mother and my father when they went down to death. And now she's anticipating some of the stuff that needs to happen. And she's caring for her father. And in this circumstance, I'm finding myself needing to submit to her so she can submit to the needs of her father. Because she so wants to honor her father in the last days of his life. So I'm spending a lot of time driving back and forth to Cottage Grove, and she is too, and we're spending all kinds of money. We're submitting, right? I'm submitting to her, and she's submitting to him, and the family, and, and this is exactly what God wants us to do for this period of time. It's about a mutual submission. Submit to one another in reverence for Christ. I put in your notes, submission is not because of inferiority or ability, on the other hand. It's not because somebody is inferior. not because somebody has great ability. People have always sinfully looked for reasons to put people down. I mean, we're just good at that. Society and culture and nations and politicians and Christians are pretty good at this. Figuring out some reason why somebody is somehow inferior. The world so often sees submission like this, that you submit to people because they're superior in some way, because they have greater ability. And so we connect the idea of submission and authority to ability and lack of ability, or to inferiority or superiority. But I want to say to you, the biblical idea of submission has nothing whatsoever to do about inferiority. Or about ability. We do not submit because somebody is superior or inferior. We submit because of Christ. That's why the Bible says, Galatians 3.29, There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. We've seen this in Ephesians already, that God has removed the barriers between people groups. And, and he's removed the barriers between gender differences. And he's, he's torn down the walls so that people will recognize that there is equality in Christ. Now, as soon as I say that, one of the problems here is we think if there's equality, then everybody is exactly the same. But the Bible never talks like that. Equality does not mean you remove all the differences. I mean, equality means that male and female are equal, but their males are still male. Men are men and women are women. Wonderful, Right. And this is the design of God. And that we have roles also. That this is the design of God also. And when you think about your life, you recognize that you submit to all kinds of people not because they're quote, superior or because you are quote, inferior. If you join the military, I mean, there is a chain of command and you submit to the authority, right? Because they got more stripes or because they got more bars than you do. And so you submit to authority. Not because he's brilliant, but because he has that position we all submit to police officers. Why do we do that? Well, they have weapons. <laughs> but that's not the primary reason we do that, right? The primary reason, because they're police officers, and that's our role as citizens, to submit to the police. Not because they're more brilliant or superior, but because they're policemen. You've joined a company and you submit to your supervisor, to your boss. Not because he's more brilliant than you are, has greater ability. Might not. But because you've You've chosen to willingly submit yourself in this situation. This is the right thing. This is the way God orders society. Athletes submit themselves to the coach, not because the coach is a better athlete. They're not, you know. But if they're going to have a good team, you've got to submit to the coach. And then you also must submit to each other. So I want to say to you, it's not the worthiness or the superiority of the person that we submit to. That's not the reason why we submit and I'm hoping you're, you're building an understanding, a greater understanding of what submission is. It's relationship to Jesus Christ that is our primary motivation to submit. Now, I do not submit because of someone's ability. Some employees just recognize they're smarter than their bosses. Right? Some children think they're smarter than their parents. Right? Wives are often smarter than their husbands. Many church members are more mature than some of the elders they submit to. See, this is the plan of God. This is the design of God. This is not about superiority or inferiority. It's not about ability, not about intelligence, not about a gift, not about gifts. It's, it's God's design. The result is sometimes a bright light submits to a dim bulb. It just happens, right? And this is the will of God. This humbles us. Right? This is one of the ways in which God humbles us because sometimes we find ourselves in those circumstances where the person that we are submitting to, we think we understand better, and yet God has placed us in has this ever happened to you? And you chafe. Right? And God is teaching us submission. Now think about how many times has God matured you and strengthened you through those kinds of circumstances? That when you learned about a submissive heart and when you genuinely submitted to the authority that God has placed over you, then God was free to do some new work in your life. But if you chafed and resisted and fought and there was tension and struggle, then you lost the blessing. Every blessing of God, almost, I can't think of any blessing of God that doesn't somehow involve submission. Think about ministry for a moment. Tomorrow this place is going to be filled with children. It's going to be like 100 or 200 of our adults and, and here and there. And, and guess basically what they're doing is they're submitting to the needs of the children. Aren't they? It's about the kids. They're submitting themselves. The next week, Royal Family Kids Camp. A whole bunch of people are going away and they're going to submit for a whole week to the needs of these foster kids. How beautiful is that? But it's not easy. It's a challenge and difficult. Many of you have done this. Tuesday night, you come down here and we'll have a whole group of people who are feeding other people. Why are they doing that? Because they're hungry. You submit to their need. Why do you do that? Because you have a submissive heart and you are willing to be a servant. You join a small group and you suddenly realize, whoa, there's some real needs in this group. You know? So I have now I submit to these needs and then I discover I have some needs too. Maybe one of the primary needs I needed was to learn how to submit. I put in your notes, submission is essential for our new life in Christ. That we cannot be really new if we are not submissive. We have a new identity in Christ. So now Paul comes after wives and husbands and children and parents and slaves and masters. And I just want to point something out to you that I have only recently sort of discovered. It was there all the time, and I never saw it. didn't see it so clearly, I guess, as I have in recent weeks. I've been reading this over and over and over again. And it is this, that Paul talks to six groups of people here. He talks to wives, husbands, and he talks to children and parents. He talks to slaves and masters. And he talks to each one of them, and and immediately the idea that we get is, well, wives are supposed to submit, and children children are supposed to submit, and slaves are supposed to submit. But when you read the text, when you read it, you begin to discover there is something else at work here. In fact, you know, some men just love, husbands just love this. Okay, will you please get to the part where the wife is supposed to submit to me? Well, next week you'll discover that Paul has like three times as much many words for the husbands as he does for the wives. And I want to suggest to you the burden is much greater for the husband and the responsibility also. So we'll do that next. We're just touching on it today. right now I'm just trying to get you to think about submission But think about this. What Paul says for all six of these people is is what he does, the words he actually uses is to paint a picture, I think, for all six of these people to see that Jesus is right behind that person. That Jesus is right behind the person I submit to or he's right behind the person that submits to me. Therefore, Jesus is the Lord of this relationship. So let me just run through them really quickly. You can follow along in your Bible if you want. When he talks to wives... He says, wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. The wife sees the husband, but she sees the Lord right behind him. Then he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. So husbands now are to love their wife and they're to see Jesus right behind their wife and to love her like Jesus loved, like Christ loved. What an incredible thing is that? And then he'll talk about children. He'll say, children, obey your parents. And then he adds these words, in the Lord, right? So Jesus is right there behind these parents that I'm called to submit to. And then he turns around and he talks about fathers. And he says, fathers, bring them up in the training of the Lord. When a father looks at his children, he must see the Lord right behind his kids. Then back again to slaves. Slaves, obey your masters as you would obey Christ. You serve your master like you would obey Christ. And he also adds, serve them as if you were serving the Lord. And then he he focuses on the masters. And he says, masters, know that Jesus is their master and yours. So be careful the way you treat your servant. Are you following me? That in every one of these relationships that have to do with submission or being submitted to, Jesus is right there. And that is why we submit. And that is why we receive submission and rightfully treat people who are submissive to us. Okay, let's touch on the wife for a moment. Let's go on. Then, verse 22, the wife is to willingly submit to her husband as he leads, loves, and serves like Christ. Go on to the next one if you would. Look at verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. The wife is to willingly submit to her husband as he leads, loves, and serves like Christ. And as we've thought about this, we just recognize that these verses have been so distorted and so twisted, sometimes by so many followers of Jesus Christ, so many people who teach the Bible even, these verses have just been twisted out of their true meaning and made to mean something else. And I've been pondering how, how to explain my concern about this. And, and I just found one of the, the books that Matt and I are reading. I just found this guy says a lot better than me. So let me just read it for you. I have to take an aside here and talk to you about this. He writes this. Too often men have concluded that women are theirs to control or treat as they like. The painful fact is that these verses have been used like a club to keep women in a defeated role. Christians and non-Christians alike know and use the statements wives submit to your husbands and the husband is the head of the wife, even if they never even read Ephesians 5. These statements have been misinterpreted to mean that wives always have a subservient role and that husbands always make the decisions. Women have been viewed as property that husbands may treat as they wish. If you travel around the world so many places in the world are so much worse than the way women are treated and we have our problems and issues but i mean i want to tell you there are some places where women are literally treated like cattle and so we are making some progress but only some he writes even abusive behavior by husbands has been justified on the basis of ephesians 5:22 and 24 to 24 pastors even have been willing accomplices by telling women that they must submit A book like James and Phyllis Aldorf's Battered Into Submission presents in horrifying detail how distorted the interpretation of Paul's statements has become. Their book is not about wife abuse in general, though estimates are that one-third of all wives are beaten during the course of their marriage. Their book is painfully about wife abuse in Christian homes. Studies have shown that about 18% of Christian wives report abuse of some sort by their husbands and about 5% suffer physical abuse. Men in more conservative denominations with traditional views of marriage are more likely to abuse their wives. Such misuse of Ephesians 5 is scandalous and cannot be tolerated. Christians must take a much more forceful stand against wife abuse and against all denigration of women. Churches must not only speak out against the problem, but be much more willing to confront, instruct, and, if necessary, to discipline members who are abusive. The problem is broader than physical abuse. The attitudes of men about women, and specifically of husbands about wives, are also demeaning. Their comments may not be intended to hurt, but the truth is that husbands frequently belittle or ridicule their wives with comments about their level of intelligence, their worries, their cooking, their habits. Wives, of course, are capable of the same sins... But husbands are more likely to engage in such belittling as a result of their sense of being head of the home. Some Christians have also distorted this passage by speaking of a husband's umbrella of authority. So much emphasis is placed on the husband as head that he is seen as a privileged authority figure, and wives are reduced to second-level status. In extreme cases, wives are not even held responsible for their actions. Their husbands are. headship in this text has nothing to do with privilege. It is about the servant character of authority. Wives do have responsibility for their actions, and also they have equal value. Husbands are not bosses to be served, and wives are not their unthinking slaves. My friends, if you know of a situation in our church family where a woman is being abused, we need to know. And I want to tell you, we will do something, whatever we can, about it. So I want to suggest that you pray and you ask God what to do, and then you let someone know. Maybe it is your responsibility to go to them first, but I want you to know that if they're members of this church, we will, as best we can, deal with this. This is something that must not be tolerated. So I want to say to you that these verses that we're now going to look at, just just briefly, are about the role of wives has absolutely nothing to do with, with superiority or about them being somehow second-class citizens. Let me tell you a few things that this is not. When it says, wives, submit to your husbands, it, notice, please, that it is not every woman is supposed, supposed to submit to every man. This is a wife to submit to her own husband. Do you see that? And This is not all wives. It's, it's about the marriage relationship. In the marriage relationship, yes, this submission. It's not about privilege. It's not about dominance. It's not about superiority of the husband not at all there is no mention of anything like that this is not a command to submit to sin or to sinful practices it's not a command that a woman must submit to some any form of abuse at all or mistreatment it's also can I point out it's not a command to the wife to obey her husband it does say to children obey your parents it doesn't say to the wife to obey your husband it says submit to him and they are different This is not permission for the husband to force submission. This is a willing, voluntary submission. It's something like the submission that you give to your spiritual elders. You voluntarily submit to pastors and elders. It is something like that. It's also not a one-way submission either. The wife submits also. Remember verse 21. Submit to one another in the fear of Christ. Wives are to submit in the greater context of mutual submission. Now the truth is, men, you know this, we submit to our wives all the time. If you got any brains at all, you will submit to your wife a lot, right? We submit, one of the major ways, and Matt's going to talk about this more next week, uh, you know, we submit primarily by the way that we treat them. That a a husband who gives himself and loves his wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, I have yet to find a woman who has that kind of sacrificial husband that she is unwilling to submit to that kind of a man. My, My friends, we submit primarily as husbands by giving ourselves for our wives and for their blessing. But we submit to our wives' leadership. My wife is a better leader than I am in several areas. I mean, she is way more organized and we were talking anything about hospitality or organization or, you know, or even creativity. Yesterday, you know, I was moving plants around and, you know, I'm, you know, digging holes and moving plants. And Carolyn's in bed and she hadn't slept all night. And I realized, oh, no, if I don't get her opinion, I'm going to move these again. So. <laughs> so I went, got her up out of bed and made her come out on the back deck and say, here and here, you know, I'm submitting to her. You know, I mean, some of it is self-interest, of course. But, right, she just knows this stuff better than I do. Right? Wives have knowledge and insight and wisdom. They have this thing called intuition, right? They just get stuff. Just bugs me sometimes. How my wife just knows. I mean, she can look at somebody and, and she can know stuff about them. And never even having met them. I can't tell you how many times I have profited from this in 40-some-plus years of ministry about my wife having an intuition about someone. And I want to tell you, I can't think of a time when she was wrong. The wise husband knows that being head of the wife means that he willingly submits to her and her ways and her ideas. Now, having said that, listen to me. The wife is called to submit. And I just want to say to you how beautiful this passage is. I hope what will happen to you, I'm, you know we're just touching on it and we'll get into it more deeply in the next couple of weeks but I just want I want you to think with me how incredible this passage is. Do you see it let me just remind you some of you are familiar with this, so you get this, but if this is new to you, do you see that the husband represents Christ and the wife represents the church, and that Paul is mixing these things that he's talking about. The husband-wife relationship, and he's talking about the Christ-church relationship. And he's mixing them together. And it's just a fascinating thing, which so validates marriage and shows us how incredibly important it is that we have godly marriages. And, and But it gives us some practical ways in which we are to respond. The husband is to act like Christ. And the wife is to act like the people of Christ. So the wife should not resist submission to her husband any more than the people of Christ should resist submission to Christ. And of course, the husband should give himself for the wife. What does it mean then for the wives to submit to their husband? I need to f- finish this up here. It does not mean, listen to me, that the husband has the same authority that Christ has. It does not mean that the husband has the same, that the wife must submit to the same extent that she submits to the Lord. It does not say that. Only Christ is Lord. It does mean this. That a wife submits to the Lord Jesus, that she sees her husband and Christ right behind him. And she willingly submits. She submits her personal preferences so many times as part of her submission to Christ. And sometimes, so many times this is a two-way thing. And if you get a husband and wife who are mutually submissive to each other, you're going to have a wonderful marriage. Another word that Paul throws in here is the word respects. A wife respects her husband. And she respects the responsibilities that are given to him. And I I want to tell you this word respect. Ladies, I hope you know how important this is to a man. We're very fragile. Do you know that? The male ego is a pretty fragile thing. And the whole thing about respect and honor is crucial for us. The wife has this great responsibility to submit her husband by praying for him and encouraging him to grow as a, a man of God. I want to tell you... Wives, listen to me. You are the most important person in the life of your husband in terms of his ability to grow as a Christian. The wife can just just so discourage a man with just a few words. But when he takes a, just even a baby step toward leading or being submissive or, or doing the thing that Christ wants him to do, the wife who blesses him and praises him and prays for him will be a powerful woman in that man's life. To submit For the wife to submit means that she allows her husband to lead and to love. You say, allows? Yes, allows. Because this is a submissive, voluntary submission. She does it because of the Lord. This wife has this great responsibility to help her husband become the leader that God wants him to be. So the ultimate motive in all of this... The submit is not about the person being submitted to. It is about the Lord Jesus. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. The wife says, I submit to you, husband, because I submit to Christ. The wife says, I see Christ overshadowing you, and so I submit. She does not say, I submit because I have to. She doesn't say, I submit to avoid trouble. She doesn't say, I submit to you because you're better than me. She doesn't say, I submit to you because you're always right. She doesn't say, I submit to you because I'm just a submissive type. I mean, all those things are to be laid aside. She submits because, she says, I see the design of God. And I need a godly man to submit to you. He has given my husband responsibility as head to represent Christ in our home. I submit because this is the design of God for me. I do it as to the Lord. And then the wife refuses to manipulate... Or to be controlling. She asserts herself, but she asserts herself in ways that are kind and respectful. Submission, my friends, is God's high calling to us. We've talked just for a moment about wives, but let me just say to you again, God has called you to submission in every area of life. I ask you again, are you a submissive person? Is God working on you on this one? Are you making progress? Ask the person you came with. Ask them to help you to grow in this. And then recognize that this is an incredible blessing from God. And now I want you to, when you leave here, I want you to think about your relationships and the roles that God has called you to. And I want you to do a little self-evaluation about how you respond to authority in your life and, and to the circumstances in your life. Is Christ in these days finding you to be a submissive servant? Servant. We need to take the Lord's Supper. Will you pray with me? Father, we ask then that you would teach us, that you'd train us, that you'd help us, that you'd fill us with your Spirit, and more and more, day by day, teach us to be submissive. I pray for wives here, and the great responsibility they have, the great privilege and the great responsibility they have as women to submit in their homes. I pray, Father, that you would give us wisdom in these things. Help us, Father, to be wise. I pray that you would help us as we try to help and encourage each other. And most of all, I pray that you'd change us to become more like Jesus, both wives and husbands and children and parents, workplace. Father, we want to be your people, live differently. Now we yield ourselves to the Lord's Supper. We bring ourselves into submission unto the Master. And we give you praise for submitting to us in our need, for submitting to the cross, the suffering, the death, for us. Such incredible love. Help us to worship now, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.